Welcome to Talent Hacks for Scale-Ups. You're listening to Theo Smith on the show for the people building HR and talent functions at Scale-Ups whilst moving at the speed of light. Welcome to Talent Hacks for Scale-Ups, the show where we share hacks from industry leaders that are building HR and talent functions at Europe's top scale-ups, whilst in mid-flight. Today, I'm joined by Yasser Ahmed, and Yasser heads up TA at none other than HelloFresh, sustainable global food, which we love, moving from a reactive recruitment function to recruitment 4.0. We talk a lot about TA strategy, defining the vision, the mission statement, and what your principles are as a TA function. Um, We also dip into a bit of D&I and and look at how we can uh, increase inclusivity within our TA function and across our organisation. This is when you don't want to miss. Enjoy. Yes, Welcome to the podcast. Incredible to have you on. Such a pleasure. It's been too long. Uh, Can't wait to be able to see you face to face again, mate. Would you like to tell people who you are, what you do, who you work for, what you're about? Well, firstly, what an intro. That was amazing. I wish I got intros like that all the time. So that was probably the best intro I've had in my life. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, so, again, my name is Yasser Ahmed, um, currently the Vice President of Talent for HelloFresh. Um, Theo, we've known each other for a long time. We, we met in uh, RL100, one of the couple of the meetings actually, and Whitstable. Um, so we've kind of been following crossing paths a, a couple of occasions. And I think at the time, I previously used to work for Zalando, where I was their global head of tech talent acquisition. And then prior to Zalando, I was working at Wipro, where I was their director and head of strategic hiring. So uh, been in recruitment leadership roles for quite some time now, uh, managing large teams, small teams, scaling teams. Um, really focused on kind of technology, commercial operations, really trying to drive businesses, make them bigger, better, and more efficient. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited to be here with you talk, talking about all things uh, growth and everything else. Obviously, I can tell you a bit more about what all the cool things we're doing in HelloFresh, which is really exciting right now. Oh, amazing. And yeah, it, it was uh, lovely to meet you that first time uh, in Whitstable. And I've just had uh, a lot of admiration for for your brain, right? You have a great brain for, for TA um, and, and you really understand kind of the te- technological capabilities uh, of what's possible for, for TA professionals, right? And we'll get into some of that uh, as we go on. And yet, of course, you, you introduced me to Zalando as well, um, and, and I was able to do a talk there. So you're a, a great partner as well to your TA friends, um, which I'm sure many people are, are aware of. By the way, that Zalando talk went down so well. Everybody loved it. I think people are still 
even referring to it now where they're like, oh, do you remember Theo? He came in and he did that talk. We should we should get him in again. And, uh, and obviously I've left now, but I still hear the kind of echoing from that. Well, and, it, you know, this is the difference it makes um, when you support uh, people within the industry, right, who are trying to do something um, and you equally uh, have been doing some incredible work. Um, which is great. And, and it's hard. We've, we faced a real difficult period of time, right? But I think as we start to come out of this now, we'll be wanting to lean on one another again, especially with hiring numbers going insane. So you've joined an incredible company, HelloFresh. Incredible because I eat their food, right? <laughs> In this, I've got a, I'm working a lot. I've got kids, a family. Like, I love cooking, but I don't like going and buying the ingredients. Right, exactly, family. They're getting involved in the conversation. It's good, yes, sir. That's what we need, right? Kids, it's summertime. They're at home. They're going to be making noise. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, so how's it been? You've, you've landed in this awesome company, right? I, I Honestly, when I was thinking about joining, I thought this is a match made in heaven. I was like, sustainable, um, global, um, food. I was like, what more can I ask for? And TA. I was like, this is perfect. Um, HelloFresh is such a unique company. It has grown um, so fast over the last nine years. We now have over 15,000 employees, billions of billions of dollars of revenue, and we're global. We're in the US, Canada region, we're in Australia, New Zealand, Japan, all across Europe, and we're opening in new regions pretty much every quarter. Um, when you think of HelloFresh, you usually think of just HelloFresh, but we own a lot of other brands as well. So Factor, New Foods, and we're opening up uh, our own little sub-brands. And yeah, it's really intelligent. I think that the, the, the desire from the founders, Dominic and Thomas, was really to find a product that helps people become more sustainable, eat healthy, and really focus on kind of bringing people together, right? for dinners, because I think a lot of the times, the com- and it saved me a huge amount of conversations with my wife, right? Every time we, we finish uh, kind of putting the kids to bed and we're like, oh, what are we going to have for dinner? And it's like, well, now we don't need to have that question. We've got it there. We'll make it and it's fresh and it tastes good. So they are going through a phenomenal growth. Um, we're really ramping up our growth for 2022, um, which means that over the next six months, we're doing a lot of pre-planning on how we're going to scale up our tech teams and our commercial teams. So I think next year, we're potentially looking at doubling our tech teams. So it'd probably be around about the 1200 mark for tech alone, which is huge for a tech team of our organization size. Um, and that comes with that comes a lot of planning and TA side, a lot of opportunities for TA team and my role is to globalize our TA team, um, create a global TA strategy, and introduce TA 4.0. So it's kind of really the kind of the the uh, we really are the early adopters for a lot of the cool things we're doing um, that I haven't been able to do before, which is it's really exciting. Well, what I love about that, and this see, this is the sign of you, your brain, the way that you do things, um, is that you know a lot of people, a lot of uh, a lot of recruiters, recruitment leaders, whatever, they, especially at this moment in time, they're focused on ah, we've got like crazy numbers of hiring, we need to solve that problem. Like you, your your, your view is completely different. Your view is TA four point Right. For me, that is that's not something I hear all the time. That is, we are going to become like the leaders 
in talent acquisition, not, ah, we've got all these jobs <laughs> we need to fill, ah, which, you know, a lot of people find themselves in. So tell us a bit more about that. What what, what does yeah, 4.0 look like? I think, I think you firstly, I agree with you. It, you can... I can easily become obsessed with our current requisitions and a lot of leaders do do that. But having done this role multiple times over the years, I realized like the work is never going to die down. You know, recruitment's always going to go on and there's always going to be a peak and there'll be some troughs as well. So you really do have to detach yourself and say, okay, I do need to spend time on TA strategy. And what does TA strategy even mean? A lot of people don't know what it means. Like how, how do I, so the simplest way to look at it is you first need to define what is your vision as an organization, as a TA function, what is your mission statement, um, what are your OKRs and KPIs, and then what are your principles as an organization, as a team. And so we, when I joined HelloFresh, the first thing I did was I actually looked at the data because I was like, there's no point in me even trying to figure out what's going on unless I have data-driven decisions. So I really, we really mapped out our data. We came up with um, three three potential ways of looking at data. So past, past and present, past, present, and future. So TA intelligence for us was broken down into three parts, which was like your TA intelligence, which past, present, and future, um, daily operations, which is present, and then performance management, which is past and present. And then we looked at that uh, as a holistic view, and then we broke it down into 30 different variations of dashboards. So we're now able to really look at everything when it comes to data, and we understand why each dashboard is kind of, whether we could look at funnel data, conversion ratios, diversity uh, KPIs, whatever it may be, we have that data now. So after looking at that, I realized that our application rates are low. There's no active measurement of quality of hire. There's no synchronized way with uh, of data integrity globally. Um, you know, there's a few things that are common in most companies, but these, these are problems that are very apparent right now. So the first thing we did was we said, okay, well, where are we today? We've got our data now, where are we today, right? And where are we in the talent maturity model? So if we think of Burson's talent maturity model and the four steps, where are we, where do we sit within each area? And we, we broke it down uh, very simply. We created a JIRA board uh, and we kind of mapped out what are the active projects we have right now. Turns out we had 97 projects in TA, which is an in enormous amount of projects across the entire TA team. Um, and that's globally. And a lot of reinventing the wheel. Again, same story. But there was no prioritization of what matters most. Right. What is a project? Just just to understand that from your what would it, are those types of projects? So a project could be how do we become a B corporation? A project could be uh, reinventing the candidate experience uh, pre engagement. So the pre packs we create. It could be something quite short. Uh, it could be something quite long. It could be something that is more TA focused. So we actually broke it down into four areas. Um, I've gotten them noted down, so I don't forget them because uh, they're fairly new. But we broke it down into four areas. So planning and strategy. So that's like all reporting, analytics, intelligence. Um, we did team leadership and health uh, and then diversity inclusion. So that's all within planning and strategy. 
Then we did attraction as a pillar two, which is all about employer branding, talent marketing, and job attraction. And then we did pillar three, which was all about candidate and hiring manager experience, sourcing and recruiting, process excellence. And then pillar four was onboarding and retention. So the way we broke down our projects was firstly, we looked at the the supply chain, the value chain of recruitment and said, okay, if we take each area, what projects are where and what's the biggest priority? And so that once we did that mapping, we were able to see, okay, we've got 97 projects. This is a lot. We need to deprioritize some, focus on some others. And we put this all on JIRA so every single employee within HelloFresh can see what is TA doing. They can see who's involved. They can see the links. They can see the timelines. When are we starting? So no one questions us now as a TA function. When are you creating this? Because it's all visible. You'll know exactly. You'll probably know better than I do if you can go on there, right? And so this helped the TA team first just take a step back and see, okay, we're really doing a big project here. But they didn't understand what TA 4.0 was. And a lot of people don't still understand what TA 4.0 is. So just in the simplistic terms of explaining what TA 4.0 is, every you know panel talk I talk to, to, everybody's always talking about innovation and the next generation and making automation and AI and making us redundant, right? So I thought about this really carefully and I thought, well, if tomorrow, we if we fast forward 20 years from now, what roles are going to be made redundant? So a lot of people talk about sourcing. Sourcing is going to become made redundant because of tools, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to reskill that. Coordination, well, that's going to be made redundant because of AI and coordination tools, automating everything. I said, okay, fine. So let's take those two examples then. So we break down sourcing as like a triangle, and we'd say the bottom triangle of that base of the foundation is sourcing, just the basic sourcing, reach out, direct marketing to candidates, you know, outreach, reach out to candidate. Are you interested in a job? No, yes. The middle layer, which I would consider TA2 slash TA3.0 is where sources then take on the additional responsibility of talent marketing. So they're doing ad campaigns, they're doing community calls, they're building talent communities using tools like Beamery. They are um, cold calling candidates and saying, hey, we've got an event coming up. Would you like to attend it? So they're building like a, a proper value chain to feed into their funnel, but they're doing it in a very soft touch way. And then right at the very top of that 4.0 is where a sourcer transitions from not just doing sourcing, not just doing talent marketing and employee branding, but they also have a visibility and understanding of employee value proposition because they can feed into that. They know what the market is thinking. They know what the market is talking about. So this is a new for me, by the way. You know, we're implementing a team now that is called talent engagement and marketing. And the idea is that the sourcer, the traditional sourcer now has sourcing, talent marketing, engagement, and EVP responsibility. So it's like where typically you would see a lot of companies saying, oh, why are you doing this? Like, what? just get them to do sourcing. It's like, well, no, we're reskilling our employees now, not in 10 years time. We're trying to create an industry where, uh, sorry, an organization and a team that's really forward thinking, right? Because we're gonna look at all the manual tasks the sourcer does anyway, part of our project plan and make them all redundant. So 
will create sourcing tool, will use tools that will make their sourcing function redundant. So where sourcing would be 100% of their job, we would now try to make it like 30% of their job by using tools that can automate the rest of the 70%. So that 70% then focuses on talent marketing, employer branding, EVP. Take coordination. Coordination is another one, right? So I'm I'm looking at a coordinator and thinking, well, I could use my ally, good time. There's so many tools out there that help co- coordinate uh, interviews. You know, you've got even the simple, the simple tools like Calendly is pretty straightforward. Even LinkedIn has its own little availability thing. I think when I booked in a meeting with you, um, you just ha- I just had to click a button and it was all automated, right? So t- again, the triangle. Coordination, very bottom bottom end. TA 2.0, 3.0, suddenly they're thinking about uh, candidate experience. So the coordinators are now responsible for uh, candidate experience in TA 2.0, 3.0, right? So they're focusing on like building that red carpet service, really looking at a process that uh, engages candidates. What we did was we took it one step further. At the top of the triangle, right at the top, what we consider 4.0 is kind of, uh, talent intelligence as well. So typically you have a separate talent intelligence team, right? You have, there's a lot of great talent intelligence teams out there. What we want to do is we want to reskill our talent intelligence uh, our coordinators. We want to call them candidate experience specialists, and we want them to become real specialists in candidate experience. So they should know what is the best they should be able to coordinate as a step one, uh, provide insights on candidate experience and suggest improvements and make those improvements actually happen. And then step three, really drive TA intelligence. So this is new, like a lot of companies will have a separate TA intelligence team and build it from the ground up. What we wanna do is we wanna convert our coordinators into experienced specialists, then convert them into intelligence specialists. And then that really helps us drive our mature function straight up to TA 4.0. And that's my vision for HelloFresh. I think it's something that we're actively doing right now. We've restructured our team. So we have specific teams that are driving this. We've restructured our KPIs. We've restructured our OKRs. And I've only been here seven weeks, but we've done more in that seven weeks than I've done in a long time in my career. This is, you know, tens of decades worth of work crammed into seven weeks. And I can tell you now, I've never seen a team more enthusiastic, more excited, more on board than any other company. And, and that's why I think we truly will be able to deliver this in an effective way. Wow. And so it's interesting because the things that you talk about there are very exciting. And, and if you think from a, a candidate's perspective, i.e. somebody with into a TA functional business or whatever, right? They're going to be looking at what is a swathe of opportunities now, right? Because the, the recruitment market has gone insane. It's exploded. I'm posting everywhere of like more recruiter jobs than ever before, right? And 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 what's going to happen is most are becoming very reactive because it's panic, panic, fill, fill, as I mentioned earlier. You're coming in with a whole completely different narrative around what the opportunity looks like for somebody. So like how exciting that must be. But also, it's the break from what will be the norm for some time, which is to go, actually, we're looking way beyond the next three, six, nine months. We're looking right into the future 
And the way that we build up the teams now is going to ensure that when the rest of you are still trying to, uh, you know, uh, fill a bucket that's got holes in it, you know, we fix the holes and now we're filling the bucket. Uh, and I think that is, it, it's, it's a great story uh, and, and you describe it really well, uh, which is really exciting. So what, what are the... I mean, what are the size of the teams currently? Are you going to be recruiting soon for people listening to this who are probably like, hey, you know, that sounds quite good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we, so first and foremost, like most, if not all of our roles, 100% of them that you see advertised today are um, new positions. So we don't have any attrition. I think the good news is that, like I said, the team's fully bought in. This is not a plan we're doing at the end of the year or next year. We've started. When we hire a candidate experience specialist, they're doing that role from today. When we're hiring a talent engagement partner, they're doing the whole triangle from today. They are also part of shaping that. So the good news is that we're not gonna get it right. We'll probably make loads of mistakes. We'll probably get it wrong 10 times, but whoever joins now gets an opportunity to shape the future of TA and be part of that and really be part of like the architecture of our team. So at the moment, um, I think it was Hung Lee's post recently. I saw something around around 76 posts from HelloFresh, which is a lot. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure I, I didn't approve that many, but um, we do have quite a significant amount over 40 plus positions globally. So we have positions in uh, Boulder, in the US, New York, Canada, Toronto, UK, France, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, uh, we have positions in uh, Berlin, lots of positions in Berlin because that's where the HQ is. Um, and we've got some, yeah, we've got positions at junior end, high end. What we're trying to do is that we're trying to interview as many people as possible so that we can mold the role per person because we know that we individuals bring in different unique skill sets and we're trying to figure out like how can we supplement some of those skill sets to kind of fit into our organization. So if someone doesn't have the right experience, that's also fine. Yeah, and I'm hiring for potential, not hiring for fit, because a lot of the time, a lot of people won't have done this before. And what I'm, and to be honest with you, I am prioritizing internal talent first, because I want to build the team internally first, right? I want to give them the opportunity first. And then the opportunities then get released publicly. So what you see today is probably stuff that has been advertised internally. We have considered, or we already have people kind of finalizing, and we're now looking to look externally as well. So just do right by the team is what I'm I'm trying to focus on. Brilliant, and that's really good. So something uh, we're, we're both very passionate around kind of D&I. Well, you've described something really well there, uh, which is refreshing, um, and that's the... Um, the, the focus on the individual fit and the flexibility around that individual to utilize their unique skills um, within roles rather than going, here's the six skills we need. We're going to score them based on each individual skill. And the one who gets the best score across all of them is the one who gets the job. Ah! You know, yeah. um, and we, we know, you know, the data shows that unfortunately people like me with spiky profiles are going to lose out. Right. So, um, so, so it's really great to hear that. So, I mean, what else is going on in your world within HelloFresh? How, how does this fit into ensuring that there's 
um, good uh, diversity uh, and inclusion across um, the work that you're doing broadly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm extremely passionate about diversity and inclusion, and I'm still learning a lot around diversity and inclusion. We're learning every day as an organization. And what we've done is we've mapped out like almost a two year plan on what's feasible that we can implement. Right. So recently we just I think it was maybe two weeks ago, we became a B corporation in the UK, which was a big win for us. That took a lot of time, but there's a lot more to do. So we're focusing on multiple channels. So if we think of recruitment and sourcing, we've got lots of different projects going on there in terms of how do we identify and ensure we have more diverse talent in our pipelines. Because if you think of, I'll give you an example, one of the problems we have, and actually the industry has, is that it's kind of like a catch-22. We all want to measure our diversity in our funnels, but then at the same time, we don't want to ask the question because we don't want to make people feel like they're being discriminated against. But the problem with that is, what is your, what is the fair share? So how do you actually know there's a problem with your funnel if you can't, if you can't tell how many maybe neurodiverse or females or how people identify are in the funnel. So for example, if for software engineering, we're getting 99% males applying and only 1% females, we wouldn't know unless we asked for that data. So one of the steps we took first, and we took a bit of a bold step because we just went out and said, okay, instead of you telling us all your ethnicity, et cetera, et cetera, what we wanna ask is how do you identify? And the reason we ask that question is not because we're trying to, it's not like individualized. It's kind of, we bring it into a big data set and then we deep dive into that data set to understand, okay, what is our fair share? Are we getting, are we attracting 20% of non-binary individuals? Are we attracting 40% of, and then we relook at our employer branding, uh, et cetera. So there's, there's recruitment sourcing streams in DNI that we're working on. And then there's bigger ones that are really about reskilling employees. So we have some fantastic programs going on. One of the best programs we've got is we're reskilling non-tech people into tech. We're working with Lee Wagons to do that. So there's like courses that we pay for where we retrain individuals and we get them into the workforce and we hire internally. We're looking at return to work uh, individuals. So whether they're coming back after a long time from maternity or paternity leave, whether they're coming back from a sabbatical or an injury, looking at how we can reskill them and put them back into the workforce. Same again for all of our blue collar workers, how can we reskill them, move them over to more of corporate roles. Um, and we've got a lot of other areas as well we're working on, in including like creating some DNI awards internally so that we can start to understand, uh, start to motivate people with the carrot kind of focus on this, a lot of recruitment training, hiring manager training, um, which is which is a work in progress, I think. I think hiring manager training is always, for me, a work in progress. Um, I think it was Kevin Blair, in, uh, Kevin Blair at the time, I think he was working at IBM. He introduced me to this process called license to hire. And it was a great idea. And we're almost mimicking that. The idea was that you can't really hire until you've fulfilled x y and z compliance right so then you have the license to hire simple concept but great idea you're basically saying to hire manager it's like driving right you you can't drive until you passed your test you can't hire until you pass the test 
it's a great idea because it really forces the organization to take bold steps in the right direction. So lots of things we're toying with, um, and we are hoping to hire more DNI specialists in our TA teams as well so that we can focus on this. Brilliant. And yeah, I like the, the, the license to hire. The key thing there is to ensure, like anything, is that it doesn't become a barrier to getting stuff done. Um, which I think in different organizations, you know, dependent on what's implemented. And I mean, you're quite tech focused, so I'm sure you'll come up with a savvy solution to this. But, uh, you know, if there's only if there's only one of you and you have to deliver the hiring manager training, then and you only hire people uh, every now and again, that can slow down the process to be able to deliver the training to allow people to be able to go and get that license going high. So using a technological solution where they can sign in and do it themselves or, you know, um, this is key to making it a success, I think. One of the things I came up with years ago, about five years ago, and I've talked about this a lot in a number of my talks, but just to kind of cover it because it will help someone somewhere. Uh, I was always making decisions in my recruitment leadership role, right? Always have to make decisions. And I found myself making some bad decisions, good decisions. And I thought, and I spoke to one of my CEOs at the time, and he said to me, well, I, I said to him, how do you make these decisions? Like, when do you, how do you make a day-to-day, like you've got hundreds to make. And he said, well, I just come up with a methodology that works for me. And I thought about it. And I thought, that's a great idea. Like, we should come up with methodologies on decision-making. So I trialed numerous different methodologies and eventually I came to one that worked for me and I've been using it for the last five years. And it comes down to three simple questions. So the first is, is it automated? Can I automate it? Will it be, will it save me time? I have 40 hours in the day. I can't add more time to the day, right? So is it going to save me time or is it going to add time? Uh, Second, is it, can I continuously learn? Can I iterate the process? Am I stuck with it for two years? Or am I? can I change my mind after a week? Uh, what is the chances of making adaptions, changes? How does it make us an early adopter as opposed to a late adopter? And then the last one, which is my favorite, is, is it human-shaped? Is it actually designed for us? Is it designed for us or designed for the company? Is it designed for the candidate or is it designed for the employers? What is it? What is it actually trying to solve? Uh, is it ergonomic? Does it make sense? Is it user-friendly? Am I going to end up getting frustrated with it, spending more time than less time? And those three things have helped us define our processes in HelloFresh today because when we talk about license to hire, for example, or any other sort of hiring manager training, the first thing I say is, is it automated? Is it human-shaped? And can we adapt and change and iterate it? And unless those three answers are yes, uh, we won't do it. So that's our methodology in HelloFresh. We always want to try to, obviously this, you know, one or two examples where maybe we can't automate it, but it's semi-automated. But for the most part, we, we, we run with that model. Awesome. I absolutely love that. Uh, and thank you for sharing. I mean, that is, we could, we could just finish it off there. But, I, <laughs> you know, I do like to just... Just press upon you for kind of one more thing. If you were to kind of share your final uh, genius of a brain with the rest of the world, what what would come out? Yeah, I'm putting a lot of pressure on you, really. <laughs> what what yeah. would the thing um, you were to think about um, as like your top uh, hint and tip? So I'll break it down into different areas. So for the recruiter, I'll give some tips. 
and then I'll give some tips for the the heart of the senior manager in TA and then nice. maybe the head off. So for the recruiter, it's very simple. I, I'm going to tell you what I tell my team, which is it's not necessarily advice that is wow, but it's basic advice. So firstly, I always say your network is your net worth. So building relationships in your organization quick, fast, and far. Um, this is crucial to get good feedback, crucial to understand what's going wrong, what's going right. It's crucial for you as a, a, a individual to learn, get some great ideas. It links to the second point. There is a golden nugget in every conversation you have. You just need to find it. A lot of the time we have these frivolous conversations with each other and we're not really looking for an, some sort of answer or genius or point of view. Every conversation with a hiring manager, you could easily pull out or ask them a very specific question that's maybe not relevant to the conversation, but you can still pull out something that's genius, right? Whether you're speaking to a hiring manager, you can ask them a survey question. You can ask them a question about candidate experience or talent intelligence. So there's always a motive behind your conversations and interactions you have with every single person. Those two things are very basic, right? They help you really kind of structure your thoughts on a day-to-day -day basis and make sure you're on top of things. So really kind of building your network and then making sure you're making value out of your network. The third is just do your research, basic research on YouTube. Um, I find that there's a significant amount of content. You can literally become an expert in anything if you spend hours every day just watching videos, understanding what different concepts there are. And, and the reason I say YouTube or, or watching videos is because I'm not asking you to learn something new. I'm asking you to avoid the mistakes they've made. So by watching their videos, you'll understand the mistake they made and then the solution. And then you can understand and save yourself years worth of trialing, right? It, you know, it's almost like um, I have a friend who's a property developer and I was at a point of time developing a couple of properties I had and instead of me um, just trying to do it myself I sat down with him and he said these are the mistakes you're going to make don't make them and this is what you're going to do in, instead and you get that a lot from these golden nugget conversations the network and just general research and I think those are super crucial for the hiring manager, for the, sorry, the TA manager, I would say look after your team right now. It's an incredibly difficult time for a lot of people. Psychological safety is really important. I think structure is really important. So you really need to look at and question yourself and say, okay, what is our vision for the team? What are we trying to achieve in two years time? What is our mission currently? Like, do people know that we hire for the team to make this, this company the most successful? Yeah, it might be obvious, but let's really define it. What are our OKRs and what are our KPIs or health metrics? Like, what are we actually trying to achieve in the next 12 months? And then what are the principles that define us? So, like, if I wasn't here, what kind of principles would we have that the team can go off and say, okay, Yas would probably make this decision because this is his principles or our principles, right? Almost like my decision-making methodology that I shared earlier. It's simple like that. And then for the heads of TA, I think now is a great time to look at our downturn strategy because we had COVID and that really kind of struck us with like so much different scenarios. Uh, a downturn strategy is super important to have in any organization. Um, and that could be whether you lost revenue, what happens when 
if there was uh, uh, another pandemic? What happens if we scale? What if we grow tenfold? You know, there's companies out there like gorillas who are growing in an intense space in time, a um, pace, sorry, uh, and in time. So I'd say a downturn strategy is super important like right now because it can also factor in what if your entire team decided to leave because the recruitment market is booming and everybody's hiring and offering 10 times the salary, right? And I think when you look at your downturn strategy, then you can look at what gaps you're missing. And that's what, we, you know, I know what gaps we're missing. So that's why my I'm not even concerned about the recruitment market being booming right now because what I can offer is very different to what any other company can offer right now. So that's why I'm quite confident. And I, if I didn't do my downturn strategy, I wouldn't know. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think there's uh, people will, will, will very much benefit from uh, what you're doing at the moment and, and what you've done in the past. Um, so very exciting times uh, for HelloFresh and for anybody who's got the pleasure of uh, working within your team. Incredible, incredible work. Um, so pleased to have you on. I mean, I could talk for hours and hours and hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so and and. Hopefully, we'll get to again. We'll find yeah, yeah. a nice opportunity to do that. Definitely, definitely. I'm really looking forward to meeting you, uh, hopefully soon, maybe at Wreckfest or another event. Uh, and we can do this again. Uh, like, we could talk for hours. You know what it's like. We'll be, we could maybe just leave the record button on and we'll still be here three hours' time. <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for coming on. You're an absolute star. Thank you for having me on. This episode was brought to you by Zinc, who offer automated reference and background checking tools directly in your ATS. If you enjoyed this episode, please do like, subscribe, leave a comment or share to support the show. Thank you.